Hello and welcome to episode two of A Couple of Runners podcast. I'm Russell. I'm Rachel. And together we're A Couple, Couple of, of Runners. Runners. That was really cheesy doing it together, <laughs> but I'll flow with it. Um, so if if you guys want to hear a little bit more about us, if you've not given it a listen already, go and listen to episode one, The Start Line, and you'll hear a bit more about our background and what this podcast is going to be all about. Rachel, how have you been? Yeah, not bad. This week's training's been good, actually. It's felt like I've got more of a routine in, um, but it has been difficult with the weather. So mm. I suppose that's a good What sign. weather are we talking about, Rachel? <laughs> the winter, winter training, winter which training. is our podcast for today. Um, but yeah, the marathon's getting really close now. It's in a um, couple of weeks' time. Looking you're forward about, to it. You're just about to start your taper, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow's your last big run. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I am, yeah, I'll miss it. I'll miss the long runs, but then, yeah, it'll feel strange that the the next long run is the marathon itself. Mm. But yeah, how's your training been? Yeah, so this block's gone really well. Really happy with how it's gone so far. Um, probably my best training block I've done so far, actually. Why do you reckon that is? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's been a lot harder, given the fact that we went away on holiday for three weeks. Mm. So that was a bit of a roadblock in the way, but I do think that, we managed to navigate that quite well. Um, just for context, we did Route 66 and we pre- we stopped, at, I think, at pretty much every town along the way and ran in them, didn't we? Yeah, it was such a good way of exploring America because a lot of the journeys were long, weren't they? But then by the time we got to the different destinations, it was just exciting to be able to explore and to do that running. It was just amazing, really. We saw so much. Yeah, exactly. And then, so that was Route 66. We had a lot of heat extreme heat that we had to combat mm-hmm. and we also had elevation extreme as well heat. well we were to- <laughs> what, in the desert i mean we were at some point <laughs> true that vegas run and <laughs> um, so yeah then we came back here and not long after we transitioned to autumn slash winter running and yeah a massive contrast wasn't it between yeah the two. yeah it really was so that's what we wanted to talk about today really because mm-hmm. I know you've spoken to me a lot recently about how running in the winter has affected you, how it's affected your routines as well, your mindset. Yeah, I think as well, like, because Valencia is a December marathon, it's great because in theory, it's like flattest course, really attractive for that reason. But then at the same time, you don't really consider the fact that you're going to be training in winter. And Mm. I've not really been doing a marathon training block at this time before, so... It's just getting used to that, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, what have the challenges been of doing a marathon block in winter? Well, I mean, it's always cold and wet in England, isn't it? So (laughs) I think maybe one of my track sessions since like for the past couple of months has been when it's not rained or is not raining. Like, so there's puddles on the tracks, leaves on the track. You've, you've been doing track sessions wearing your waterproof as well at times, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leggings and waterproof. Yeah, I mean, got to do what you got to do. And yeah. also, what were you going to say, sorry? I was going to say about, you know, whenever you go on YouTube and you watch like, say like Philly Bowden or all these other, you know, pro athletes slash influencers, they're normally in really nice conditions, they're wearing sports bra. <laughs> wearing like racing shorts and there's you in your long leggings and your and your waterproof battling through the winter conditions 
life for the not so pro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I think as well, like it's not just the track, obviously, it's anywhere you go. Park runs like sometimes cancelled, like it's obviously the weather. Yeah, Stretford pulling out his B course because yeah. the track's frozen. Yeah. Um, and also it's hard to know what how many layers to wear and everything because the weather can change mid-run. Like you could go out and it feels like it's sunny and then it suddenly just pours it down and you're just like in the middle of like you're running, you're like, great. I'm in the worst leggings for this or something. They're getting like soaking wet and they feel heavier as well. When you take your running gear off after a wet run, it's, it's actually quite heavy. Do you know the worst one though is when you go out and it's not actually raining and as you're running along, some white van, sorry if you, you drive a white van, <laughs> but some white van just goes through this massive puddle <laughs> yeah. and just soaks you right up to your waist. I had that on my work commute the other day, which is another challenge, I guess, in win- winter running is work commutes because you get to work and you're soaking wet. And like, I need to start taking two pairs of leggings because the other day I had to just like drape my leggings over one of the bookshelves <laughs> to dry off because this this these like... Um, lorry drivers or something i don't know if it was intentional or not i like to think it wasn't but it kind of felt like it was they went into a puddle and it just splashed me but right before that i was like buzzing because the weather forecast said it was going to rain and it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so i thought i'd made it yeah no no <laughs> i know what you mean this is the thing you don't you don't mind so much if you're expecting to get wet no but yeah. then you, it comes out of nowhere and it's like oh, for god's sake but it's funny as well because like you like for me i feel like i've become a weather woman because i'm checking the weather every like twice mm. three times a day to see if it's going to rain and i don't know why because it's not accurate anyway no but that's another thing as well isn't it because you, you look out the window and it's raining and you think oh, do you know what i'll probably go a little bit later on when it's going to be dry so check the weather it says two o'clock it's going to be dry mm. cool I'll go out at two mm. two o'clock it's still raining yeah so it gets later and later and then it's suddenly a case of i don't know if i'm gonna be able to fit this run in now mm. so that does come into it as well and i think uh, again with you were saying with running commutes as well on your way back especially it's now dark isn't it and yeah it takes the option of going down the canal yeah. away from you so you've only really got the main road that you're able to run mm-hmm. down haven't you and um, same with trails and you know different places where you like to run in the summer suddenly you can't by the time it gets four o'clock boom yeah yeah and also on the track like because they won't i understand it they won't put the floodlights on if it's just me going around the track on my own solo session um, because it costs them money, but it means I'm going around in the dark. I, I went the other day, you know, the other day when I went, hmm. um, and the guy who works there, he was like, you're mad you. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I'm sure you're on the track for two hours in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. But I <laughs> came the other day to to keep you company, didn't I? Yeah. And she turned the lights on as we were still going around the track and it just, it was blinding it yeah, just came yeah, out of nowhere it's really you, disorientating you get, yeah you yeah. do get used to it so yeah maybe it's not too bad running on the track in the dark but don't suddenly go from pitch black to bright floodlights <laughs> it's uh yeah it's quite difficult so i feel that we've spoken a lot about probably the i mean in terms of challenges it seems quite negative doesn't it so far in terms of what we discussed <laughs> um so I think coming up with different way, ways to overcome that, different strategies mm. is quite important. Um, what would you say is 
one of the most important things when when you're training during the winter um i'd say a key thing is to try and be flexible so adapt the timing of your runs maybe where possible so for me i'd started a new job kind of during this training block and i just kind of assumed that the best strategy would be to either run before or after work but then it meant that i wasn't really seeing daylight and most recently i went out for a lunchtime run and i just felt like i was just so much more motivated for it i was excited to have a bit of a break from mm-hmm. work to go and do it and then go back to work feeling more focused um rather than getting to the end of the day and just wanting to get home into the coziness um because then when i got back to work yeah i was working till six instead of four but it meant that when i got home i could be at home and chill rather than like you yeah, having to go back out in the dark and then getting home and feeling like yeah it was yeah. a really long day um what about you what do you find helpful because you work from home don't you so yeah so working from home does have its benefits so similar to you in terms of you had the flexibility there to go out during your lunch break you know take a longer lunch break and work later i'm able to kind of start work a bit earlier and then go out on my run when it seems opportune to me and so that does help Mm. also i think i mean we're talking about flexibility in terms of the time of our run but also so last week for example i done my morning rep session on a on a Tuesday morning and then I also had a tempo run that I had scheduled for the evening and it was absolutely chucking it down and I'd already been out in the cold mm. I'd already got wet and going out again just really didn't appeal to me so it was a last minute decision of basically taking myself to the gym and doing it on a treadmill instead yeah. where I knew I'd feel a bit more comfortable how do you keep motivated on the treadmill? Because for some people, they call it the treadmill, don't they? Because they absolutely hate it. So what helps you to do a treadmill session? It's definitely the treadmill for me as well. I'm not... Oh, is it treadmill, not treadmill? <laughs> it depends. Some people die on there. Some people just dread getting on. Some people dread dying on there. Um, now, for me personally, I've never been a fan of the treadmill. I, When I was injured, I had to do the cross trainer instead, you know, the elliptical cross trainer. Mm-hmm. Is it elliptical? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was doing a lot more of that because I couldn't run. And I found that doing interval sessions on the cross trainer was quite a lot more bearable than just going out there and Mm. doing an hour just straight out. And it's same with with me for the treadmill. So I've switched a lot of my interval sessions during during this marathon block to the treadmill away from the track. Because I know I'm only going to have to do three minutes of effort or two minutes of effort Mm -hmm. and then it's over and it just chunks it up that much easier. So I used to hate the treadmill because in some ways, because the pace it was churning out on the treadmill didn't match my Garmin's pace. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing intervals, how can you guarantee like the pace that you're doing? Do you use like a converter or something to make sure you're hitting certain paces or do you go by effort? Yeah, so I've actually written a blog post on this, funnily uh. enough. But essentially, all most treadmills are going to be calibrated maybe a little bit different than each other, but generally quite similar. So if you go on to the treadmill and it says that the speed is, let's say, 10, then that's 10 kilometers an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So that's six-minute kilometers. 
Right. Same, you know, 12 minute kilometer, 12 kilometers per hour is going to be a five minute kilometer. Um, but there are apps that you can use. So personally, I use, I'm just going to pull this up now on my phone. Um, so I use a running calculator app, does what it says on the tin. So I can put on there the pace that I want to do and it will tell me what the speed of that pace is. Mm. So I will then set the treadmill at that speed. But I'll also preset my watch before I actually go in there. I'll set my interval up within my Garmin. So I will know how long each rep's going to be. And then that way I can just run without even having to think about it. Yeah. Interesting. I suppose on that note, similarly, um, if the weather is really rubbish outside and you don't want to do the treadmill, then there's other cross training that you can do, isn't there? You can go on the bike, like you mentioned before. You can go on the elliptical cross trainer, etc. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that comes into it as well when you are feeling a, a little bit demotivated. It can be it can be good sometimes to just mix it up, can't it? And yeah. just do something a little bit different. Even like if you're not training for anything in particular, to have kind of um, a strength building phase for when you do pick up your miles, you know, for an April marathon or whatever, that could be beneficial. And trying to think of maybe having a different focus. So getting personal bests in the gym rather than trying to beat your PB times on 5K or 10K or whatever. Um, and doing strength, spe- uh, running specific movements as well. So then you're strengthening your body to then get the miles in when the marathon block starts. It's good for those heavy leggings as well, isn't it? In what way? Well, before you mentioned that your leggings get really soaked and heavy. Yeah. When you're running in the, in the winter. What do you mean squatting my leggings? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> you're strengthening your legs to deal with those heavier oh, leggings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drapes in them around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like you said there about like personal bests, the thing is like, especially with something like park run, where you might do the same course every week and you might want to go back to that park run and keep getting personal bests. And maybe that's like a goal of yours, which during the summer months when it's all dry and uh, really easy to navigate, that's possible. But then it gets to, to winter. It's full of mud. It's full of like rotting leaves that <laughs> are just slipping you everywhere. And um, so, yeah, it's not necessarily realistic, is it? To, yeah. to aim for faster times every week. That's it as well. It's contextualizing your runs and, and not, you know, it's not that you're making up excuses. You're just thinking, look, I went for a PB and the weather conditions, they were rubbish. It was, there were puddles, there were leaves and stuff um, that were getting in the way rather than getting back and beating yourself up, making yourself feel like you're not as good a runner anymore because that's not going to achieve anything. No. Like beating yourself up, it's more like, yeah, just taking it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And are, are there any other, I mean, we're talking about mindset, so I think going a bit, little bit deeper into mindset, what sort of strategies help youth to maintain your mental resilience um, and help you to actually enjoy winter running a bit more? I suppose just accept that it's winter time and so you might feel like you've lost your mojo a little bit. It might be that, you know, you have one particular run and you thought, well, usually I'd enjoy this type of run and you're questioning like whether you've lost your motivation for running. No, you haven't. It's just that on that day, the weather is rubbish outside. Likewise, if you have lost a bit of motivation, there are things to do 
to help regain that motivation, sitting down and thinking more long-term goals. If you've got an April marathon in mind or even an October marathon in, in mind, what can you be doing now to help you get closer to achieving that goal? And that might look like strength training and you might not know where to start with that. So get in touch with a personal trainer or do some research. Um, if you also struggle to go out for your run for whatever reason, whether that's due to the winter conditions or, or not, might be a chance to work on your mental strategy. So thinking of um, some like strengthening your mental toughness, essentially using different ways of visualizing or um, strategies of like positive self-talk or working on your insecurities with running and things like that, mm -hmm. which we'll cover in a future episode. But it's definitely there's things that you can be working on without just churning out the miles. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, in terms of goals, so we spoke about the fact that you're not always going to PB when it comes to doing races. What other goals could you set yourself around your running at this time? So you could work on improving your running form. Um, mm -hmm. So it could be, again, searching on Google or getting in touch with a running coach um, or even just recording yourself running to look at what you could improve on. And that way you don't have to be going out doing like really, really long runs and stuff. You could even just go out into your garage or in your living room and record yourself mm -hmm. um, and think about something to focus on for the runs that you're doing. Um, because then you're focusing on your running form rather than having thoughts such as, oh, the weather's rubbish. Oh, why is it raining? I thought it wasn't forecast to rain. As soon as you're having them thoughts, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel frustrated, but if you're thinking of your running form and you're thinking, oh, actually, I feel like something's clicked here. My arms are driving better or my leg rhythm is better. Then you're naturally going to feel better about that run. Even if it's pouring down with rain, you'll get home and you'll think, cool, I worked on, I've, I've made progress there. So that's a process orientated goal. Yeah, I definitely feel that my knee drive improves when I'm going through puddles. <laughs> definitely start lifting them a lot higher. I'm definitely moving more into the, my forefoot when I'm uh, <laughs> when I'm striking as well. I feel like I work more on my long jump because I'm like leaping over the <laughs> massive puddles. <laughs> yeah, no, it's certainly a multi multi sport event running in winter. And <laughs> um, cool. So we spoke about mental approaches there. And um, what about kit? So when it comes to your kit in winter, how does that mm. change compared to the summer? Do you know what I? Something I hate about winter running is the trainer situation because I'm yet to find a trainer that is like waterproof that I actually enjoy running in as much as my like non-waterproof trainers. Mm, like your everyday ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I run in the um, Shields at the moment, the Peg Shields. Yeah, you've got the Peg 38 Shields, haven't you? Yeah, and, and I, liked, I did like them up until recently. I'm just a bit like, because they're just a hot box, aren't they? Your feet get a bit hotter and in like waterproof shoes and they just don't feel as good um but at the same time they feel better because better than an everyday shoe because if i go at my nova blasts which is my everyday shoe then it just gets soaked through and to the point where my socks are wet everything is wet and you just like oh. so yeah. definitely wear the right trainers in in this kind of weather um can i just come in there and say about my puma dva <laughs> nitro twos so I've got the WTR version, which I think stands for water resistant. Mm. Very good guess at it anyway. <laughs> and they're brilliant. Like the DVA Nitro 2 is great shoe. It's got a nylon plate. 
It's got the nitro-infused foam, which Puma put in all of their, like, top trainers. And when it comes to winter running, yeah, they're not waterproof, but at the same time, I just go right through puddles in them and just don't get my feet wet at all. Mm. And they're, they're quite fast. Quite yeah, fast. I need to give them a go, to be fair. Yeah, I'd recommend them definitely over the shields because... Yeah. Yeah, the shields, they're like an everyday workhorse, but they're not that responsive, are they? So if you're trying to get tempo pace runs in or um, intervals, they're just not the shoe for that, are yeah. they? Yeah, no, so I do need to get a new pair of shoes um, for this weather. But I do think as well, like wearing a waterproof makes a big difference and one that's like a wind shield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Yeah, it just makes it makes it more enjoyable run when you feel like you're not getting blown sideways by the wind all the time. Um, and also something that you wear a lot are arm sleeves, aren't they? Is that for... Well, it's not just for winter though, is it? Yeah, so with arm sleeves, they are the brilliant, especially when it comes to races, because in a race, you're not going to be... You don't want to be wearing a waterproof, right? Because... As your pace increases, you're going to sweat more and you are going to feel very uncomfortable if you're going all out wearing a waterproof. So the thing with the arm sleeves is that they do protect your arms from the wind, from the rain. Mm. Um, it does keep the them wind. nice and warm. What's your that? arm's not going to blow off in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it can be very cold, and especially especially when you've got a circulation problem. So yeah, just, just wearing the arm sleeves to cover like, your forearms, it can keep you nice and warm. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I definitely recommend them for races or for speed sessions. But I think if I'm doing a long run or if I'm just going out doing like an, an easy run, mm-hmm. I want something a bit more substantial than arm sleeves. Okay, so we've touched on trainers and wearing a waterproof, particularly like in your training sessions and then arm sleeves in a race. What would you, so let's talk about training. Mm-hmm. What would be your kind of head to toe gear for this kind of weather? Yeah, so the weather we're in at the moment, it's around probably between four to ten degrees, isn't it? So mm. we're not we're not quite at the the icy stage <laughs> right now. So for me personally, I still like I still wearing shorts. I'm ho- I'm hanging on to the shorts <laughs> right up until the last moment. So I'm still wearing shorts, so I can let my legs breathe a bit. But depending on whether it's raining or whether it's dry, I might just wear a long sleeve t-shirt. I might wear a short sleeve t-shirt with a base layer underneath. Mm -hmm. Or if it is raining, then I'll probably wear either a windbreaker or a waterproof. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then I'll probably, when it does get a little bit colder, I'm going to switch to to leggings and full length leggings and probably a quarter zip top maybe with a windbreaker over the top of that Mm -hmm. and then gloves as well yeah yeah i'm i'm one of those people who could probably do wearing gloves in the middle of summer to be fair (laughs) i always get cold hands so yeah gloves gloves is a big one for me but again i don't like wearing thick gloves just quite thin at the Mm. moment although come the middle of winter i'll probably be wearing like massive thick thermal ones the thing i hate about gloves is sometimes i'll start out of running them and i want to get rid of them so i'm just like they're like shoving them in my pockets like yeah yeah i think that's important thing to know actually that you shouldn't dress for the weather when you're stepping out of Mm -hmm. the door you should be dressing for the weather a kilometer two kilometers into your run and thing with, with gloves with arm sleeves and things like that 
if you have got pockets, they're quite easy to stash in there. But I think the last thing you want is to go out wearing a base layer, a t-shirt, a quarter zip and a windbreaker. And then suddenly you're trying to take your quarter zip and your windbreaker off and like dragging them around with you. So it's important to layer up, but just not too many layers. Mm. Do you think there's a particular brand that does waterproof gear best or would you just kind of go with whatever you come across? See, that, uh, that's a difficult one, really. I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily the expert on that. Mm. I think I think if you want something that's actually waterproof, like if it's Gore-Tex, yeah. then I think that's probably your best bet. I know different brands do use Gore-Tex technology, so they will partner with Gore-Tex and it will have you know the Gore-Tex stamp on there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nike, for example, do some Gore-Tex kit. And that just guarantees that it is proper waterproof. Well, Gore-Tex is uh, the brand. So they have different levels of waterproof. There are different levels. There's like different grades mm. of waterproof. But yeah, if you don't want to really kind of get too into it, then yeah, if it's Gore-Tex, it's probably it's going to be a good quality, you know, at least. Yeah. I have a reflective jacket as well. Do you remember the one that I won that time? <laughs> but the thing with that right i think it's so important be safe be seen and all of that but this literally blinds you like if you if a car has headlights on at me like i feel like if someone was next to me they'd literally like it would hurt their eyes so i don't tend to wear that but yeah maybe i should get that out i think as well something that is really important is um waterproof earphones or water resistant earphones whatever like basically ones that aren't just going to break because I've had so many pairs of, I, I used to wear Beats Solo, the ones that go into like the hook over your ears and they just, they just break each time. I got through so many pairs of them, especially in the rain. So now I have the ones that you bought me. Shocks. The shocks, they're really good. Bone conduction. Mm-hmm. So we've touched on the mental aspect and we've also spoken about what kind of kit to wear during the winter. Um, but when it comes to like your your body itself, uh, what are the different physical considerations that people should have when running in wet or winter conditions? Yeah, so I, I suppose it's important, it's always important to have a good warm-up and a cool-down um, around your running to prevent injuries, but especially so in winter because you're going out and it's already cold, so your muscles are going to be cold to start with, so making sure that you kind of ease into your runs is particularly important. Um, I know recently I've started using bands to just activate my glutes, especially because when I'm in an office sat down all the time, I feel like I was feeling like I was going out running and not able to activate things properly. And that's helped massively um, with just, yeah, getting into the run. It's one of them where you've got to think of the long-term benefit because both, well, because when I'm doing the bands, I'm like, I can't be bothered to do bands before I run. I've just, I'm in the midst of work. I want to go out for my run, get back to work work or I'll get back home mm-hmm. whereas once I've started running that first mile fees feels so much better than if I've not done the bands before so yeah. it's just reminding yourself of well it'll be worth it for that and then in the longer term as well preventing injuries so I guess that's something that I'd consider anyway but particularly so in colder conditions yeah definitely also something that I think we both succumb to is basically getting home or going to wherever you're going and sitting in your wet k 
kit. Mm. Like how many times have we picked up like colds and sniffles mm. from just doing that where, you know, it's dead easy to do that, but it's equally easy in most situations to just, as soon as you get in, take your wet clothes off, either have a shower or just get changed in yeah. something that's warm and dry, um, have a cup of tea. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant rehab um, instrument, brew. isn't it? Biscuit brew tea. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just making sure that you are keeping nice and warm and yeah. you're, not, you're not sitting in your own wet. I guess for my, when if anyone like run commutes, that's where it's important to take maybe a spare change of clothes because I've been caught out in work where I've worn a pair of leggings in my morning commute and then I've had to put like wet leggings back on for my evening commute or the same with socks. And you're already starting off, you run a bit like this isn't like I'm not feeling as comfortable I'm feeling like soggy and it's already a mental like mentally you're quite negative about it rather than cool a fresh pair of socks different run or whatever I think that's something to bear in mind yeah definitely definitely and it's kind of ties into what we've been saying there about avoiding getting colds and avoiding getting sickness but sometimes in in winter you are more susceptible to that. Yeah. So it's equally important if you are feeling ill to not go out and do that run potentially. You yeah. Know, to give your body a chance to recover and get back to full strength. Yeah, you've got to listen to your body at the end of the day. Like if you're if you keep going out when you've got a cold and then you complain to people that you've always got a cold, or maybe take a step back and think, the reason I'm not getting over this cold is because I'm not giving my body a chance. And, you know, if you try and run a car off of no fuel, it's not going to get anywhere. It's the same with your body in that if you're trying to make it do something when it's so low of energy, the battery's like way out or whatever, you're not going to get anywhere. I mean, you will, but it'll be a lot harder. Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it will. Ha- it, it could have, yeah, negative repercussions going forwards. Um, likewise, like... Recognize the difference between making excuses and listening to your body. So, yeah, I could look outside and think it looks rubbish weather out there. I don't want to run. I can't be bothered to go outside. I'm going to ditch my training. When I reflect back on that, it's like, well, horrible weather. Like, is my body okay? Yeah, it's fine. Am I tired? A little bit, but I've still got energy to go and do my run. So, therefore, I'm going to do it versus, or the weather's rubbish outside. But actually, I feel really run down. I'm knackered. I've barely had any sleep and I've got a cold and I, I just feel like I need that rest. That's where it's it's time to listen to your body and not push yourself too much. Because if you keep pushing yourself too much, your body is going to put the pause on itself. and It's going to get you have an injury and you'll have to be out for potentially months anyway. Or, yeah, it's important to look after yourself. Yeah, I've always said that I think the number one factor to improving in your running is consistency Mm -hmm. and consistency doesn't necessarily mean doing the same routine every single week it doesn't mean trying to hit the same pace every single week what it means is being fit enough being well enough to go out and do your training Mm -hmm. so there's consistency but there's also the flexibility we spoke about earlier Mm -hmm. so it's making sure that you're flexible enough to maintain your consistency yeah wise words (laughs) i think i just came up with that now unless anyone's heard that before i think i'm going to start quoting that with my name after it can you remember what you said yes (laughs) yes just about i can listen back to this it's fine so um 
Yeah, is there anything else that you want to talk about uh, winter running at all before we wrap this up? Uh, I think just try and find different ways of enjoying it. And I know it's easier said than done when it's pouring down with rain. But for example, on my run today, even just the colours of the trees, so we're not in the depths depths of winter. Like We've still got the beautiful oranges and greens on the leaves and there's different wildlife about around this time of year. I feel like the birds are a bit noisier or you can see them plodding along. You see squirrels. I don't know if it's just that I'm in tune with it more, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of nature in a way. And that might just be me trying to grasp at other things to keep me motivated and enjoying the run. Um, but there's always something out there to appreciate in that run. You just need to open your eyes wider than the the weather's rubbish. I don't want to be doing this. You know, I could be doing, I could be at home with a cup of tea in bed or whatever. That kind of mentality, that's not going to help to think that about tea, that. That bed yeah. always feels so much better as well post-run, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. And that's something else to hold in mind when you're out there. Maybe not from the start, otherwise you'd be wishing them run away. But at moments you can remind yourself, do you know what? This is going to feel so much better when I get back and there's that cup of tea waiting. Because the, you can guarantee that if you hadn't gone out and you just chilled and thought that that's what you wanted to do all evening, a lot of the time you can get to kind of maybe nine, ten o'clock and think, oh, I'm a bit restless now. Like, you know, I, I could have done with going out for that run. Yeah, totally. Totally. For me personally as well, like you said there about um, different ways to enjoy it, I actually like mixing my roots up a bit more yeah. in the winter in the winter months. So yeah, just discovering new roots. I also like, so we were talking before about cars like splashing you and getting wet when it's out of your control. Mm. So I actually like just putting on like my old running gear, putting on an old pair of trail shoes mm-hmm. and just going out obviously during the day when it's not dark but yeah just going out onto the trails and purposefully getting muddy yeah yeah yeah. it's because it's fine because i'm doing that out of my own my own want rather than some idiot just deciding to run through a puddle and splash yeah yeah so yeah it's quite interesting really and also like even if it has to be in the dark that you run in there is some beauty in like what lights look like I find in the dark mm. like the I don't know like just the street lights the way that they light up the street can be nice also like around Christmas time you could go on like a Christmas lights run and look at the different decorations and stuff yeah we do that we do uh, we did a bonfire one as well didn't we to watch <laughs> yeah. the fireworks free firework display yeah and also like say you've got a garment or something there's a, fe- a feature on that where you can kind of put the distance of the run that you want to do to say it's a 10k and it will map out a little loop for you so i find that's really helpful because then i'll put that on my watch and it will almost be like the map will be on my watch so i won't be counting down any miles or anything and you discover new places like you say yeah with that feature though i'd always say just to double check it before you go because (laughs) i've done that i actually did it last week so my run that i did last week um was a brilliant run absolutely loved it but it wanted me to run across a field. I was wearing my Adidas Primex strung <laughs> and it was like, I'm not running across that field. <laughs> so yeah, don't necessarily follow it to the letter. It might be, it might send you somewhere you don't want to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it is a good yeah. feature definitely to discover new runs. Yeah. So with all that in mind, we'd encourage you guys to really embrace the unique aspects of winter running. So try and find something that you do 
enjoy about running in the winter or find a different focus if it's not running, whether that's strength training, cross training or working on your mental strategies. Being flexible at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, being flexible. And if you want any kind of running gear recommendations, we can share links to some of the running gear that maybe we use, um, which you might want to try. And reach out to Rachel as well if you are interested in different psychological tips that you could be using as well. Yes. So thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you very much. I've been Russell. (laughs) You're always Russell. I've been Rachel. There we go. We're a couple of runners and we look forward to speaking to you in our next episode. Thank you.